Welcome back to Inside the Vault, Enterprise Bank's podcast series where we talk about items of interest to small business. For a long time now, we've been talking about the implications that certain public policy proposals and laws have on the economy, on small business, and even on individuals. We've touched on the subject of taxation many times in the past, but have an opportunity to now to, to revisit that again with the administra- current administration's latest budget proposals, which call for sweeping uh, tax changes. When I say tax changes, really tax increases um, that are expected, uh, if enacted, to generate $5.5 trillion in new tax revenue uh, to the government over the next decade with the idea that those revenues will bring down the federal deficit and also allow for additional government spending. So what we're going to talk about today is what some of these proposals are, uh, what some of the implications are, and then some of the disconnect between um, what these proposals uh, stated intentions are versus their actual ramifications. With me again, I have Chuck Lai, President and CEO of Enterprise Bank, who in addition uh, to being at the helm of the bank for, uh, God, 25 years now we're coming up on? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, was also uh, Is also a tax accountant by trade and spent 30 plus years in public accounting specializing in tax. So I think you know a little bit about tax structures in this country historically. A little. Okay. So... You know, let me kind of set the groundwork here, and then we'll go through some of these um, these proposals one by one. So what we're talking about, as I said, is kind of a, uh, a sweeping tax changes and tax increases, which appear to, to be primarily focused on wealthier individuals and, and businesses. We're talking about increases in the capital gains tax, um, which are going to be fairly significant if enacted. The personal tax rate, the corporate income tax rate, Medicare tax rate, even um, lesser known uh, taxes like the stock buyback tax um, and closing some current uh, loopholes that are in the tax code uh, for, for some different reasons. But let's, let's start, Chuck, with you know, the tax that is near and dear to all of us, which is the individual tax rate, the consumer tax rate. So right now, um, for 2022, those, those taxes range anywhere from 10% for the lowest uh, income segment, lowest wage earners, up to 37% at the top, top tax bracket. So um, the proposal here is, uh, I think, keep all of the tax rates on the lower end of the, of the brackets and lower end of the income stable, but to increase the top tax bracket from 37 to 39.6. And 39.6 seems to be a magic number for the feds these days, which we'll talk about with a couple of these other proposals as well. But um, this is all being under, being done under the guise of fair share. We hear that terminology from the administration all the time about folks paying their tar- fair share. So, you know, thoughts? Uh, when I was raised, fair was equated to uh, terminology equal and uh, when I work my butt off and I'm lucky and blessed and pay uh, three times plus more than a person 
who isn't making a whole lot of money. I don't equate that as fair. It's unfair, and it's unfair uh, towards the person making the more money. Fair would be if we all paid 10%. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, that's just a, a political gross manipulation of the truth. Now, you may well believe, and I think there's a founding principle in the country, that uh, people doing better pay a little more of, the, of, of than, than what the people that aren't doing as well. There's already a charitable uh, concept that's built into the rates when they're not a flat across the board the same number. That's fair. That's as fair as fair can get. Uh, so whether you believe, and I happen to believe if I'm doing well, I can pay more than my fair share, to be honest with you. Um, and I think that's, that's okay. I mean, um, I've, I've been very blessed and, and, and uh, lucky to, to be where I'm at and, and to have the successes I had. I certainly have worked very hard for it. But I don't live a huge lifestyle, and I don't mind paying more than um, what somebody who's having a rough time. I don't mind helping somebody out. I think that's that's a good way, a good concept to have in place. But when my politicians sit there and say, I want that inequitable situation to get even greater, and use the terminology fair share to do it, I think it's disgusting. It certainly is a lie. Yeah. How do you really think, Chuck? <laughs> uh, Nobody's ever accused me of not saying uh, saying what I feel. <laughs> well, let me play devil's advocate here. So, you know, the rhetoric oftentimes is, you know, wealthy people are able to take advantage of the tax code. Whether you call them loopholes or incentives uh, the funny thing to me is this is the same government that put these provisions and these incentives to drive activities in place that now they're criticizing people for using right. one of the <laughs> concepts behind the tax code is to motivate the population to do certain things so if you want oil wells to be drilled you put in intangible drilling cost treatment, which allows somebody to expense the cost of the well, even if it's successful, instead of writing it off over a period of time and matching the income and the expense. It's a huge incentive. And Congress put it in the tax code to, to incentivize drilling, to, to cause the private sector to, to invest. Well, if you've decided nowadays, we don't want that incentive anymore. Well, get rid of it. Don't run around because some wealthy person actually used the incentive that you still have and put into the tax code, and by doing so, reduces their taxes to zero. That that's that's not that's, you don't create uh, or fix a wrong by doing another wrong. You know, in this case, what we're doing, you may believe that you shouldn't you shouldn't be giving this incentive away. Okay, we're going to get rid of the incentive. Instead, you leave the incentive in, and then you go and you say, the person doesn't pay their fair share, so that's tax them heavier. Well, what about the people that worked hard who didn't do the intangible drilling costs? They get hurt a lot. 
every time you try to fix a wrong by creating a second wrong, you, you, you don't make things better. You make them twice as bad. And it has a rippling effect many times over. Do you think the fella or gal that makes a lot of money that doesn't take those incentives and really is paying 37% as compared to the person who hasn't done as well is only paying 10%, how do you think they feel when the administration says, you didn't pay your fair share, therefore I want you to pay even more? It's just amazing to me that, you know, and again, it's, you know, weaponizing all these issues politically um, based on what party enacted what and what party is in power at a certain time. Um, but it's just amazing to me that one side of the government can put these um, provisions in place and another part of the government um, tries to dis- well, honestly, destroy them I, or disincent them. What you'd like them. to see is when you like to think, see things be fair. You like to have full disclosure. I mean, if you feel, you know, somebody that's making a lot of money should basically pay 40%, somebody that's not pay 10%, okay, just say that, and that's what it is. But inserting and saying it's unfair, or taking a couple of examples where somebody would normally be paying 40% and now it's 0 or 8% because they took these incentives that you gave them that are in the tax code and now you're saying they don't pay their fair share when you're the one that motivated them not to pay their fair share you talk about hypocrisy and yet you never hear the politicians be truthful about what really caused these wealthy people not to pay taxes if they're cheating they're going to put them in jail if they catch them but what they're not talking about is why aren't they paying their fair share do they fix that wrong no now, that's just uh, some honesty and integrity. It'd be nice to see it someplace in an elected official. Yeah. That's, what it, that's, that's where the real issue comes about. And that's what causes the emotional aspect to be in place. We, lots of people agree to disagree and compromise. And honestly, the charitable uh, value that's in our uh, tax rates the way they are, we could all want to tinker with them and say they should be different, and, and in which case... Just say that. But when you try to sell it, saying it's you're not paying your fair share, you create strong emotions. If you're somebody that worked really hard and you're paying four times with another person's and they come to you and say, pay more because you didn't pay your fair share, you think that doesn't create emotions and anger? How about the people who aren't really in tune to this and they believe that that wealthy people once you're making over $400,000 or whatever it is, don't pay any taxes, which is so far from the truth. But a lot of people believe that. And that you think that doesn't create emotions? This dishonesty and misrepresentation that takes place, this is the problem in our elected officials today. They don't, it's not about being honest. It's about say whatever you can say to get away with it. Might not put you in jail for lying, but get close thereof, and then you get elected for doing it. Yeah. The other thing that I think gets lost in translation is you know these incentives may where while they may have reduced the tax burden on a wealthy individual or a wealthy company or a strong company, they had to put that capital to place somewhere to benefit the public to get that incentive. So, you know, people forget about that. 
what ultimately had to have been done for economic benefit to get that tax break or that incentive. And that piece gets lost. Well, there's a lot of things that people look at and they want to see things treated in a fair way. You know, it's just like when we talk about the tuition and the forgiveness of the debt for some kids. You know, college is expensive and it's challenging to get your children through college. For me, I worked a lot, a lot of extra hours to generate that revenue to help my children. Well, how do you feel if you're somebody that didn't and now it's all forgiven? Does that motivate people to do the right thing? You know, and the same applies in the tax law. The, the tax law is supposed to motivate people to do the right thing. If you push the taxes up high enough that when you think about it, if you're at almost 40% for the income tax, you have the self-employment taxes and other things that are pushing up, you have the state taxes, the local taxes, all of a sudden you're paying more to the government than you're getting to keep yourself for your efforts. When does that start to make Disincent. disincentivize you working? You know, the biggest tax benefit that's out there is allowing a person to offset losses from one business they start to the profits that they have in another business. Well, if you don't allow them to net, it'll reduce the amount of new businesses that start. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's an incentive that's in place right now. That's the biggest loophole, quote, <laughs> that there is. You're allow you get a business and it's successful and you have a drive and you try to start another business. And then almost all those startup businesses lose money. And you're allowed to offset that loss against the gain from the other. That's the biggest loophole there is. Is it wise for us to leave it in place or is it wise to take it out because we need to generate more revenue? We should be discussing things like that where we motivate people one way or the other. And I'm not saying what's right or wrong, but that's the way a discussion should be had to change the tax law, not just have the rich pay more and the poor pay less and play those kind of games that are divisive, but look together and say what motivates us to do the right thing. You know, there's a tax in the provision now on unrealized gains. Now, basically what that is, is when you have an investment and it appreciates over time, you have to start paying taxes on that appreciation. Well, think of it. If you're starting a business and now it's taken off and it's growing like crazy, But that growth requires it to keep the revenue that it's got so it can keep reinvesting and growing. You're not going to have the money to pay taxes on that unrealized appreciation. You're not going to have the cash flow. So you're going to get forced into selling the business that you started before you've retired or anything else. You're not going to be able to let it grow because you're going to have to take the money out to pay the taxes, which will stop it from growing. Is that really the way we want to mot motivate things? Would that really make this country get stronger and better? Think, of, think in terms of it's your house. It's the same concept. You buy a house for $100,000, say, you know, 10 years ago, and today it's worth 200. Well, this is like 
you have to pay tax on that hundred thousand during the period of game. You didn't did that house throw off cash to you or anything? You could conceivably lose your house. You'd have to sell it to generate the income to pay the taxes and then go buy another house. That's the equivalent concept of what you'd be with a business. Does anybody think that motivates us to do the right thing in this country? That's the kind of thought process. And I'm not saying what's right or wrong here, but I'm saying that's the theoretical discussion if we were all working together as a team to try to debate what makes sense. That's the way these debates should be structured. Not the Robin Hood game where I take from the rich and give to the poor. Yeah. I'm sorry, but this the, this country wasn't built that way. And there probably do need to have changes made. But the hypocrisy has to stop. You know, it's, it's like if you want to talk about environmental and you want to stop the carbon, well, then stop the intangible drilling costs. Get rid of it. But at the same time, you've got politicians saying, I'm not going to drill in federal lands. What do we do? We just open up federal lands to drill. I'm not saying what's right and wrong. I'm just saying you're talking out both sides of your mouth. And it's not a Republican-Democrat thing. It's across it's the board. board. And people just don't really have a healthy discussion as to what makes the country better. What, would, what can we do to the tax law to make it better, more fair, truly fair, not lie about what fair is, to get what I want, but honestly discuss what is fair and what is right. There's no reason why we shouldn't have those kind of discussions except we've got a bunch of selfish people who just care about winning, not compromising. Yeah. So, you know, you were alluding to capital gains a few minutes ago, and, and we're not talking about a small incremental increase. You know, we were talking about the top end of the individual tax rate going from 37 to 39.6. Capital gains, this proposal is... is basically taking capital gains from 20% to 39.6%. That's almost doubling the capital gains rate. You know, people may thought you were being dramatic about the discussion about business owners not being able to survive um, in growth scenarios like that. When you double somebody's tax rate, that's significant dollars. Well, remember, those are basically... Well, people have to think about the concepts behind why things yeah. are done. You know, you can run out into the population and say, hey, these are rich people lowering their taxes. I'm at, say, 30%, and they're getting richer, and they're only paying 20%. But keep in mind the way it really works. This, this incentive would put in place to, to reduce double taxation. Remember, when you start a business or you make an investment – that has an income stream, and typically we're paying tax on that income stream. Then that intangible appreciation occurs, and then we're paying another tax when it comes time to retire and sell that investment. So the concept originally was we're going to reduce that second tax to a lesser number. Because we're already getting the income. Because you're already getting taxed once on the income it produced. Now for this selling out at the end kind of concept, we want to reduce it. Now, that was the original concept and flavor. The way it's written, it picks up that scenario, but it picks up a whole bunch of other scenarios like stocks appreciating when you just buy the stock and then it goes up and then you sell it. And then, I mean, there are scenarios where people would argue, well, why should that be less than just earnings? 
Uh, there was no double taxation there. You didn't. And so the discussion should be, how do we make this fair to what our original In intent different is? scenarios. Yeah. Not just change the rate and hurt people. And this is where our whole concept of discussing taxes, we miss, we miss the boat. You know, there are so many things that people could discuss to really make things fair. Double taxation, I think, is one that everybody believes is unfair. You know, if you have your own business and it's running, and the business pays tax, and then when it comes out to you, that same dollar gets taxed again, it's unfair. Well, you could do things like say, okay, make dividends deductible by the company. Then it would be taxed once. People probably wouldn't have a problem paying a higher tax rate, but they certainly have a problem paying a higher tax rate twice. Once on the first, you know, you get a dollar and you pay, say, 50%. Or in the corporation world, let's say it's it's 21%. Which this proposal takes it back to 28. So, so let's say you pay 25%. So now 75 cents on the dollar is left for you to take out as earnings. You take out your... FICA taxes, which and in, in all that's another 15%. And then you get your earn, earned income tax, which if you're a top rack, it's 40%. So now we're going to take, say, on a weighted average, another 50% of the 75. So now when it's all said and done, how much is left for you to take out? What is that combined tax rate? It's 55%. huge. <laughs> it's, it's motivating you not to, to make money. There are so many things that could take place if we would all sit down and say, let's honestly discuss what's fair and what kind of goals are we trying to accomplish. We seem incapable with our leadership now of doing that. And that's what's really disappointing. And yeah, it does get me emotionally and to the point because honestly, I, I haven't been able to find leadership that speaks in these types of terms and works together in a reasonable fashion to make a difference. So a couple of, of other concept, concepts that kind of play into this, there's also a provision in here that would hit, you know, and 400,000 seems to be the government's definition of wealthy these days. They're also talking about taking the Medicare surtax uh, from 3.8% up to 5% for those wage earners. So that's, again, the money that flows to the individual out of these businesses. You've got more coming out of that second tranche of taxes. No, oh, and remember, there's no like in Social Security. There's limits as to when that cuts right. off. There is no well, limit on, on that. Medicare. One. Yeah. Right. And do you get a benefit for it? You do for a certain amount of it, but then when it gets so high, you're paying taxes on something you can't get a benefit from. It's like, you know, when you're self-employed. Um, you're in a partnership and you're paying self-employment tax or a proprietorship and you're paying self-employment tax except and you're paying unemployment compensation except as an individual you can never collect unemployment compensation so here you are paying for it and you're not allowed to collect it I mean there are so many things that are unfair in the code uh, not because I think people intentionally designed it but they're mistakes or they're they were taken because it's so complex that you get a result that's not quite what you anticipated when you first wrote it. There are so many things that we could fix to make the tax laws fair. 
without changing the rates overall. without just playing the Robin Hood game uh, and if you're going to play it then honestly state what it is it's it, you know if you come to me and say hey Chuck at 37% I don't think I think you need to pay 40% not 37 we can have that debate just don't call me being un, un, not paying my fair share when I'm paying almost four times what somebody else is paying that's not a way to start a good logical discussion where people sit down and say let's make it different that's like taking a swing and punching somebody in the face and saying, now let's talk <laughs> and if you really think that's going to create a good result then you've got you're in the wrong uh, you must have ignored humanity for your whole life because you don't uh, work together as a team by starting off aggressively doing something like that. Right. You auto automatically alienate a whole bunch of people when you act like that. All right. So let's talk about the other side of the equation. Um, and let's be realistic. I mean, these are just proposals by the administration. Obviously, Congress is going to have different feelings about these things. And they'll all be negotiated to some degree or eliminated. Or, But here's here's the other side of the equation. What do they want to do with the money, right? So talking about generating uh, $5.5 trillion in additional tax revenue over 10 years, taking $3 trillion of that and reducing the federal deficit, which I think we can all agree is something that over time needs to be worked on. But then you've got more government spending with this uh, new tax revenue. Just give you some round numbers. Can we call this the Anti-Inflation Act like yes. we did the last time yes. where we spend money that creates inflation and then lie about what it's doing? <laughs> so here's here's some of the proposed uses of, the, of these new tax revenues. Federal government workers got a 4.6% raise last year. This proposal calls for an additional 5.2% across the board wage increase for all federal workers. Then we're talking about $26 billion in defense spending. We're talking about um, $6 billion in additional aid to the Ukraine for the situation that they're dealing with. $1.2 billion in decarbonization efforts. Uh, $59 billion for affordable housing and $22 billion for early childhood education. So I think we can all get behind that for our long-term viability as a country, we need to get our deficit under control. But to raise this additional tax revenue on the backs of businesses and individual taxpayers to just increase government spending. Um, and in a lot of these areas where just, I think, campaign promises or initiatives that, um, you know, the current administration made, you know, that does not sound to me like in an economy that we're in right now, a good use of additional tax revenue. You know, I, I, all of those things, there are merits for all of them. Um, I don't like to critique, you know, things like that. That's why we have a Congress and right. we have elected people to do what they're going to do. Um, but I think you do have to come to the realization that our economy in this country can only do so much. When you try to do more than what your economy can really handle, that's what starts to create inflation. And we're there. So it should be sending you a warning signal that your spending should be cap 
capped out right now. You shouldn't be doing a whole lot more or you're going to make your economy get, get Which worse. Which is the whole purpose of the Fed increasing rates to slow things yeah, down. Because, and, and this is going to work against How's that. It's, right. it's contra to that. And But on an individualized basis, we've had significant inflation this year. So shouldn't government workers be kept kept to where they were before? I, I'd say yes. And, and you know, do I want to help Ukraine? Be, Absolutely, I I do. But the whole big picture has to be looked at. And and when you get to a certain point and you're generating more money or uh, you're 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 spending more money than what the value of your economy generates, you get inflation. And we've got the signals that that's there. So at that stage of the game, you got to take a really hard look at a lot of different things. And... um, yeah, I'm questioning um, the timing um, more than anything. Yeah, I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that we've really looked at the whole big picture the way it should be should be looked at. I mean, honestly, I can. We all have a wish list. At home, you got a whole list of things that you'd like to do, and they probably all have merit. But you don't necessarily do them all if you don't have enough money to cover it. And the problem here is trying to have people recognize that. Inflation's a sign that you're at your limit. That's again that that common situation where one thing the government is doing is working against something else the government is trying to do, and it just amazes me how often that happens. Oh yeah, no no question <laughs> about it. I mean, um, the Fed has 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 a challenge to to, and their mandate is to. Uh, keep employment and to keep inflation at a certain level of two percent is their stated target. Well, they have to do what they have to do to do that. We've I mean, already got full employment. Yeah. And some would argue some would argue we have we some some would argue we have more than full employment. When yeah. I when I went to school, I was taught full employment was six percent unemployment because when it dropped below there, the people that you were hiring were not a value for your business. They were not able to, 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 now I'm not saying arguing that's right or wrong, but certainly where we are today is much lower than that. And we do find it extremely challenging today to find people. And, um, and it's certainly in a, an employee's world where they can pick and choose where they want to go. But, and, and those are all signs also of what's going on with your economy and where you're at and what you need to start being careful of. But when I see this level of spending, you know, that's one component. Where do you get a labor, the labor in a full employment situation that we're already in to, to pull these investments off efficiently? And, you know, at the same time, where do you, what are you doing to the overall inflation by pumping this much more money into the economy? Yeah, and you kind of hit, uh, to come full circle, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you say efficiency. Why do you think all those, quote, tax loopholes were put in by Congress? Because they wanted the private sector to do it, not the government to do it. So they put an incentive in there so private industry would do it because they could do it more efficiently than government. Now you have a lot of people in government that think that government's more efficient than private industry. Now, you've worked in both. You can probably answer that better no than me. <laughs> exactly. 
So, I mean, um, that's when it comes to the tax laws and these types of things, th this is where it's all about. The, the tax code could be a great tool to motivate people to do things. And yet we're not using it that way. And we're playing politics instead of fixing it and changing it to motivate people to do what we want them to do. Um, Once again, uh, stated intentions and implications are two different things. Um, hey, before we sign off, I think we should uh, say that we're losing our little technician over there. She's leaving us, and we're going to miss her an awful lot. Thanks, Meg. It's been great. Thanks. It's been fun. But the podcast will continue. Um, and as always, uh, any hot topics that come up, uh, items of interest that you'd like to hear us talk about, you can email us at insidethevault at enterprisebankpgh.com. You can check us out on all the major podcast platforms in audio format and in video on YouTube. Thank you for watching.